Hello, and welcome to the River Audio Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We believe God has something unique to say to you, and our hope is that you feel His love stronger today than ever before. Enjoy the message. The 34th Psalm. Whew, I feel like something's getting ready to happen. I, f- I feel like somebody came with their expector on. You know what Dr. Lester Summerall said? The atmosphere of expectancy is the breeding ground for miracles. And it is. Smith Wigglesworth said, if God's not moving, I'll move God. He meant that in a really great way. Do you know that we move the heart of God? So a lot of times we say we're waiting on him, but he's waiting on us. And our faith moves the heart of God. We kind of live que sera, sera, but it's not true. We've been given dominion on the earth. We've been given authority on the earth. And we don't have to just sit by idly and take whatever comes along. This, this, is, our, this is our training manual. We get in here and learn, and then we put it to use. The word works if you know how to work it. Come on, somebody. That's what we're doing. We're learning how to work it. We're not just learning to be pacified. We're not just learning to be comfortable. We're learning to put our boots on and go out and fight. I know the women ought to be fired up after last week. Hazer, connected. Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord. Psalm 34 and 8. And it simply says... Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Let's, uh, let's read that in concert. Help me. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Now give God a crazy praise. You can tell who's been in church a real long time because a few people said, blessed. Blessed. Somebody said one time, what's the difference between blessed and blessed? Just an uh. (laughs) Just an uh. It's the same thing. You are blessed, you are blessed. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. Let's pray one more time. Father, thank you. Thank you for this atmosphere in this place. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for how you just seem to just step in. Do what you want to do. I need your help. I can't preach without you. I cannot expound this word without you. I can't stand up here in front of people looking at me without you. I'm asking you to fill me afresh and to take over and do what only you can do. Help me to do what I'm supposed to do and then you do what I cannot do. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I... uh, I looked up that word taste in the Hebrew. 
because that sometimes you can capture a lot more that way. We know what we know what taste means. You taste something, you can tell if it's sweet or salty or bitter. And I looked this word taste up in the Hebrew. And do you know what it means? Hebrew it means taste. <laughs> that was it. It was just meant taste. There was nothing extra. There was nothing fancy. When this was translated from Hebrew to English, it meant taste. If you want to know what's on the plate, if you want to know what your favorite is, you're going to have to taste it. Now, when my sister and I were little, one thing that we did halfway often with our friends, I don't know if anybody else did this just for fun at the house, let's have a taste test. Anybody? We did this all the time. And so you would blindfold one friend. <laughs> that, that's the voice because they don't know what's coming. And then you would put, you know, different things to taste in different, uh, different dishes. You know, and you get a spoon in each one. You give them a little taste. And then if they got it right, they got a point, you know. If they threw up, you got a point or whatever. A taste test. You don't want to play? Anybody want to have a taste test? <laughs> Tristan's up for it. It's on. It is on. This is going to be the most busted taste test. Busted. You're busted. You're busted, busted, busted. He started that in a Bible study, didn't he, at my mom and dad's house. Now it's stuck. Yeah. Called and accountable. That's where it came from. All right. Taste and see that the Lord is good. We know what it means to taste something. You, you're not familiar with something, and you want to find out about it. So you got to put it in your mouth and see what it tastes like. Find out if you like, you know. And there are some foods we find out we don't like, and some foods we really like. But now we know. We taste it when we find out. So this says, simply try God's way. Try it God's way and find out how many times with situations do we finally pray? Do we finally call somebody who's mature in the faith and say, I'm going through something. I need help to carry this. I need some wisdom. I need a prayer partner. A few months ago, that's been maybe longer than that, I found one of the church directories from the church I grew up in. We ought to do a church directory. <laughs> Summer says we'll do it. And in that, in that directory... It had one page that was like, you know, meet our pastor, which at the time was Dr. Martin Brockett. He baptized me. And it told who the pastor was and a little bit about his background and this and that. And then it had a, a, a real neat thing. It said, times to contact your pastor. Times to reach out to your pastor. And I, I don't remember him. I, I didn't think of it till just now. Uh, it just came to mind, or I would have brought it and read them. But it, 
if you have a major life decision, contact your pastor. If you're going through a hard time, reach out to your pastor. If you're praying for someone that you're trying to minister to about salvation and you're not sure how to minister to them, call your pastor. It had this whole list of life situations about reaching out to the pastor and and getting counsel and including the pastor and, and this and that. And I thought, what a great thing. Now, there's a balance. I know there are a lot of places that teach people to lean on the pastor instead of the Lord. You know, I'd rather teach you to pray than you call me at 3 a.m. to pray. (laughs) Now, if you need me at 3 a.m., then you call me. But I've had a few of them calls through the years that they probably could have waited till morning. Anyway, uh, matter of fact, somebody called my mom just a few weeks ago, uh, a person that I've met this person, but I don't know this person. I knew who they were. They, they attended a church that I attended years ago. And several weeks ago, my mom's phone rang at like 2.30 in the morning. And this person tells my mom who it is, and she's like, okay, I know who that is. And she's like, I'm trying to get a hold of Pastor DJ. I need him to call right now and come to our house right now and pray. And, y'all, I don't even know him. Like, I do not know this person and. Uh, thank God my mom did not tell me at 2.30 in the morning or give her my number, you know. And so it was kind of a crazy situation and probably didn't need anybody to go over to their house right then. So there's, anyway, I'm rambling now. But I thought there was a time when churches, and thank God we're breaking the mold here back to it, there was a time when churches were families, And you did include elders and pastors in major life decisions. And people didn't just run renegade and do whatever. But they got together with the body. They got together with the pastor. They got together with some praying grandmas. Come on. And said, hey, here's this situation. And we did life together. And we did life together. But now... People operate out of their emotions, and they operate so quickly, and we live in a world that we've been conditioned to make snap decisions like never before. This is why we do this. My grandpa, a couple years before he died, he said, hey, DJ, I need to ask you something. I said, what's that? He said, when you all... He said, everywhere I go, he said, everybody's holding their phones and doing this. He said, what is this? <laughs> so I showed him. I said, we're just changing the screen to read the next thing. He said, oh, okay. I said, you know, this you know, Facebook or whatever. A few days later, and, and a lot of times, Grandpa would come in, and he would say, DJ, anything good on the faceboard today? <laughs> Anything good on the pasteboard? No, not really. I just gave six and a half hours to it, but I don't know what I looked at. We are conditioned to make snap decisions. We got to have the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And God is over here saying, why don't you taste this way? Why don't you try my way and find out 
taste and see that the Lord is good. Why don't we slow down? Why don't we calm down? Why don't we give a couple hours a week to the house of God hearing the preached word? Why don't we turn on a better radio station that's going to build us up instead of confuse us or tear us down or make us mad? Why don't we slow down? I've got to stop watching hoarders. Rose and I have been watching hoarders, and I'm learning a lot about human behavior and people's need for God, and I figured out every one of them's demon-possessed and need cast out. But at the end of the day, watching Little House on the Prairie makes me a lot happier than watching hoarders. Can I get a witness? We, you know what? We watch a lot of stuff that makes us mad. We watch a lot of stuff that we wouldn't necessarily say it's inappropriate, but at the end of it, we're tore down and not built up, and we're angry about people we don't even know. You don't know how much I want to throat punch this guy, Andrew, that was on last night. Listen, I, I have already eaten since I watched. I slept a whole night. I worked on this sermon. I had breakfast. I'm here, and I'm still mad at Andrew for stealing the inheritance and not caring about their house, and it was crazy. That should not be taking up mental space. This should not be what's taking up room in my brain. Because we got our own Andrews around here, you know? Don't we have enough drama to deal with that we don't need to go looking for something? Like, you know, I really just don't have enough to worry about. I wonder what strangers I can feed off of their crazy lives. And I wonder if the Holy Spirit is sitting there looking like, why don't you taste and see that the Lord is good? Why don't you try this? I'm not telling you you can never watch Hoarders, and I'm not really going to stop. But anyway. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I might try. We lost Summer. <laughs> I might try to watch something different as the last thing before I go to sleep, though. You know, change, change the atmosphere. Change the atmosphere of your mind. You are one mind shift away from a life change. You are one thought away from a different life. Taste and see that the Lord is good. God has given us all these wonderful, practical, wisdom, life principles, all of these keys of victory that if we'll do it God's way, it just works. It just works. Get full of the Proverbs. Go to the Proverbs and, and get full of that. Now, now, don't get confused. Proverbs are not promises. Some people pick out Proverbs and think they're promises, and then when it doesn't do exactly what the pro the book of Proverbs is not a book of promises. It's a book of this is how things generally work. If you do crazy stuff, you'll reap crazy stuff. But I've seen crazy people that ended up with some good stuff. But that doesn't mean that you should try it. The odds are not in your favor. So it's a book of Proverbs and not a book of promises. Are we learning anything today already? Fill yourself with the word of God. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Put some of it in your mouth. Taste the rest of it. Mm, that tastes pretty good. I think it'll work better this way. One of my favorite songs right now is Defender. So much better your way. I, as I look back over my life, come on, somebody, and I say, God, it's so much better your way. 
I tried to handle it my way. I tried to defend myself my way. I gave my time to my haters in the past, but it's so much better your way. So much better. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Try it his way. But immediately, the psalmist connects two thoughts, and this is what he follows it up with. First, he says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts him. These are not two separate thoughts. These are not two separate thoughts. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts him. When you taste his way and you begin to lean on it, you are blessed. You are blessed. You don't get to decide what the blessing looks like. You don't get to decide. Some people, they see that word blessed and they think money. Some people see that word blessed and they think of a, of a specific prayer they prayed for a specific answer. I want this. I want this person in my life. I'm going to marry this person. I want this car. I want this house, whatever it is. I have found that almost everything I thought I wanted didn't do what I thought it would do. And that God knew better what my heart was asking for instead of what my mouth was asking for. So I had to learn to be flexible. Years ago, I've always prayed uh, whenever I'm doing something like mowing the lawn. I always did a lot of praying mowing the lawn because you kind of get lost in it. It's the same sound. You know, it kind of drowns everything else out, and you're just going along thinking or listening to music or doing whatever you're doing. And you've heard me tell this before, but years ago, I had, I had made it. I was using a push mower, and I had made a pass, and I made a pass the other way. And as I walked back over the, the part I had just mowed, everything looked really nice except one, one little, one little grass, one little blade of grass there. So I spun the mower around. I walked back over. Another pass. I came back the other. I look. Still there. I couldn't cut down that grass. I thought, Lord, how? How is this one blade of grass? Everything around it is chopped down. How are these blades coming through so sharp and so fast? And they can't take out that one blade of grass. The Holy Spirit said, it's flexible. It's flexible. All the other grass trying to stand up and be tough, mowed down. But this little grass said, I ain't trying to act tough. Just try. In that little flex, I almost threw something out, <laughs> acting stupid. I had to preach like this the rest of the time. In that little blade of grass, you couldn't take that blade of grass out. I left it. I had mad respect for this little blade of grass. You could not take that blade out because it was willing to roll with the punches. It was willing to accept what was and just say, this is what it is. I'll just move this way, ducking and dodging and making its way through life. And it, it, it stayed. And it stayed when none of the rest stayed. 
Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Try his way and find out, and you are blessed. You are blessed. When the Bible says blessed, now if you want to look this one up in the Hebrew, it does mean more. In short, it means happy and to be envied. Blessed. Blessed means happy, like soul happy. Not so happy, soul happy. Soul happy. To be content to be at peace. You know people that have every toy in the world and it's still not enough. You know people that keep on getting and getting and getting and getting and they are not satisfied. And then you know people that live real simple that don't want anything else. And they're just fine. They're just fine. Which one is blessed? Not the one with the most toys, the one with the most peace. If you will taste and see that the Lord is good and you will trust that, you can be content no matter what the outward is. We always think happy is contingent on everything else changing. No, it's contingent on you changing. Because the world is always going to be crazy. Problems are always going to be there. But when you can get to the point that you've got problems, but problems don't have you, you are blessed. When you get to the point and say, yeah, yeah, you know, that's going on. So what? Big deal. It's what it is. There's always been something going on. I'm still here. It never took me out. I'm like that blader. You are blessed. When you get to the point that your contentment is in the Lord, when you get to the place that you've got nothing left but praise, I'm to a place in my life, I don't have any complaints left. I'm not saying you don't hear me bickering and carrying on about every other driver on the road. I'm going to do that for a little while longer. But when I'm, when I'm, pray for me, y'all. He's not through with me yet. In my life, I've got nothing but praise. I've got nothing but praise. Because anything that I have, I don't deserve anyway. If he never did anything else for me, he's done too much. And Jesus is enough. Grab your neighbor and say, Jesus is enough. When you get to the place, Mark, you just have to pretend. When you get... (laughs) When you get to that place, Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. Taste and see. You know, there are a lot of people that claim they're trusting the Lord. Blessed is he that trusts him. There are a lot of people that claim that they are leaning on the Lord that aren't even trying to do anything his way. They claim this Christianity. Oh, I'm a Christian. Don't think I'm not a Christian. I love Jesus. Listen, quit saying you love Jesus with your mouth and start saying you love Jesus with your life and your actions because that's what Jesus said you show your love for him with. He said you will know them by their, not their testimony. He said you will know them by their fruits. And then he turned around and said, if you love me, keep.
Ägypten.
anointing. Problems. and rich and Or that person is giving us.
terrible. Everybody hates the bills paid. It's all.
people. Yeah, vintage. Water at his head.
little faith. Peace be They were wrong. family does not change our Drinks again the meal.
in every problem. Hope you're there that Sunday. He needed. Holy Spirit. living water and Elijah kept running. not trusting God who was already protecting him from the threat. Are you hearing me this morning? No weapon that is formed against you will prosper. You're the only one can destroy you. The devil can't take you out or he would have already. God's not going to take you out or he would.
the body. And both groups are living defeated because the Bible says we need both. Singers, musicians, would you come? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Give God a mighty hand clap. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you stand with us? If there is any person here today that has never received Jesus as your Savior, this is your moment. This is your moment. Every person is going to leave this earth one day, and you don't know when that's going to happen. You do not know when you're going to leave. You are going to leave your body and you're going to leave this world, this life. You're going to go somewhere. Does that concern you? Nobody is going to heaven without Jesus. There is not more than one way to heaven. All roads do not lead to heaven. A pastor one day standing at the post office, talking in line with a lady he had been ministering to, trying to tell her she needed to receive. She said, and today I... He said, ma'am, there's only one problem. We're not going to the post. Eternal death. And it is that Jesus took two wooden beams and three nails and built a bridge. He shed his own blood that if we would put faith and what he did at the cross, our name is written in the Lamb's book of life, and we will go to heaven when we die. As a matter of fact, spiritually, we're seated there as soon as we get, heaven, get saved. But when we take off corruptible, our eyes will be open, our faith will become sight. If you've never accepted Jesus as Savior, this is your moment. Not your moment to say, God, I've got problems. Will you come and fix them? Not to say, God, I'm a victim. Will you come and rescue me? This is your moment to say, God, I'm the criminal and the trespasser. God, I'm the sinner. God, I have wronged you. I've lived for myself. I've lived against you. And I know I can't save myself, but I understand today that you love me. And I understand that you came a mighty long way to do something about it. I believe that your son Jesus came and died on an old rugged cross in my place that I did not have to pay for my own sin. And today, with a little sliver of faith, God, I accept that. I say, yes, I believe. 
Wash me, forgive me, come into my life, live in me, fill me and use me. I offer myself to you in all the days I have left. God, I come to you powerless. I can't change myself, but I heard you'll change me. God, I can't promise you I won't mess up, but I understand you'll live through me and that you'll keep me. And that's what I want. And I say yes to you. We call it the divine exchange. It's when you trade out you for him. I've been reading a book of testimonies, great heroes of the faith. I believe it was Richard Halverson, I believe is the one that I'm on right now. He said when God called him to be saved, he became quite aware it meant giving up his dreams. It's different than what we hear in the American church. We hear that God is the God of your dreams and just follow him and he'll give you your dreams. The Bible says something very different. The Bible says, deny yourself, take up your cross, die daily, and trade out your plan for his. Now, I'm not saying there aren't desires in your heart that God doesn't bless and you do those things. He'll give you some wonderful desires that will fulfill you. But this is not about getting the power of the universe on your side to accomplish your plan. This is about saying no more of me and a whole lot of you. This is about I decrease that you may increase. And God, I choose your way. It's better. I trade out me for you. Kick me out and you come in. God doesn't save sinners. He kills them. God will kill the old you and the brand new you will come and move in a brand new holy righteous spirit. That's what salvation is. If that's what you want, step out right now and come. If you've never been saved, if you've never received Jesus as Lord of your life, come right now and I will pray with you. I will lead you in a prayer. I'll just help you with the words as you express faith from your heart in what Jesus did at the cross. By the way, three days later, he got up again, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you and I, and praying that you will come home. He's praying for you. The Holy Spirit is drawing you. If you're here today and you've never received him, don't wait. Come right now. If you're at home, you don't have to be in a church. I'm not talking about joining a religion. I'm not talking about membership at the River Worship Center. I'm talking about being, becoming part of the family of God and being part of the kingdom of God, having your name written in the book. Whoever you are and wherever you are and whatever you've done, no matter how far you've run, no matter how long, no matter how deep of a, of a hole that you've dug, God loves you. And he wants to deliver you. He wants to turn it all around, and he has a great call on your life to live for him. Wherever you are, whenever you're watching this, maybe live, or maybe you're watching this later after it's been recorded, God knows. Call on him. Call on him. Just simply say, God, I believe. I believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose again, and I believe he did it for me. Come into my life. Save me. If you pray that prayer, please click the message button. Tell me that you prayed that prayer. I want to rejoice with you. Thanks again for listening to the River Audio Podcast. We hope that these weekly sermons are an encouragement to your life. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week online at theriverworshipcenter.org and on Facebook and Instagram at The River.